Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft, and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com. And, of course, the venerable V. Outdoorline.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Joey Pyburn. Morning, buddy. Morning. Matt Nelson running the board and very special in-studio guest, David McAllister of Les Schwab Tires. Good morning, everybody. What's up, David? You know, just getting ready to go tear it up today. Got to go to work after this. So. Well, I, I had the pleasure of, of having your father on board the boat in Sitka this year. <laughs> and just just a hoot, man. Just a, a great guy to hang out with. And uh, he kind of got to see the whole uh, the whole program up there, soup the nuts, man. He, he, it sounded like he had a good time. He, had, he had a great time. He came back. That's all he was talking about. You know, Sitka, yeah, and I hope we, get, hope we get you up there this year, too, man. It's, 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 it's really, really something special. So... When I first got that boat, it had these round black things on them. They're they're you know there's six of them you know important and they they were rubber, but they really weren't what I would call tires. Were they, Joe Piper? No, no, dude. Brand new trailer. I got to bring the boat back to the dealership, uh, or excuse me, back yeah back to Duckworth right because we're doing a big dealer meeting. I get a sidewall blowout. In the middle tire of the triple axle. Dude, that should never happen. So the rubber that comes supplied on, on a, and, I'm, and you know, I'm not, I'm not asking you to throw anybody under the bus, but it, would it be a fair statement to say that the, the, the tires you get from Les Schwab, particularly the trailer tires, may be of a little better quality than that, which is su- supplied by Brand X Trailer Company? You know, we definitely sell premium quality trailer tires, so... Come on in with your trailer. We'll check them out, see what you have, see if what we have is an upgrade. But a lot of the big things is air pressure and maintenance. Right. You know that that's that's the key, making sure they're maintained so that so that you can have safe travels and get to where you're going without a blowout. So, and you guys also do do uh, bearings these days on, on on boat trailers, and and the thing about boat trailers in particular are they're going to have their maintenance. Okay, you're going to schedule it. Or the trailer's going to schedule it. And you'd rather have you schedule it because, you know, we're, we're on our way headed to CQ. Yes. We, we had a blowout on, headed out there, too. With, you know? the, with the old tires. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just, dude, it's a safety issue. The last thing I ever want to happen is, is to have that kind of an issue because even rubber blowing into oncoming traffic can, can, can cause just an, an amazing problem. But, you know, now we're talking about the stability of a 30-foot, 10,000-pound boat minus a trailer, right? You know, it's, it's, it's a safety issue. And so, and that's what, that's what I'm most concerned about. You want to get to your destination trouble-free, and you don't want to cause trouble for anybody else. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, you guys talk about it all the time. It's the off-season now. What's your boat doing right now? It's yeah. sitting in your driveway. Right. Mm-hmm. It's been in and out of the water dozens of times this summer. 
if there's water in those bearings, it's just going to sit there all winter and rust and corrode. Bring it on in now while you're not using it. Let's get the maintenance done. Let's keep you from having to buy an axle. Let's pack or replace bearings. And so in the spring, when those fish are hitting and you're ready to roll, you can pull it out of the driveway with confidence knowing you're not going to be on the side we of the road. We see it every spring. Dude, you, you every see, spring. You see guys on the side of the road yes. with that. It's jacked up. The tire's gone. The boat's sitting. Sometimes yeah. the boat's just sitting there, and they've had to run to get it fixed, right? And you can totally avoid that. Dude, yeah. you, you don't wait till you get on the water to tie your leaders and fish sharp hooks and have have your, your rods, you know, your reels taken care of and all that kind of stuff. Having your, your trailer is just as important, if not more, than all those things because you're not even getting your boat to the water. You yeah. can have all the hooks tied up that you want. You can have got every report checked, every weather report, and have everything freaking ready, get your bait and everything like that. But if you can't get your boat to the water... Yeah, you don't want the excitement of your trip being no. you sitting on the side of I-5 no. with a blowout or a and, and, bearing that's gone bad. And especially with seasons as short and as challenging. And, you know, I mean, look at our look at our opener right now in the Skycomers River. Okay, you're open for a week here, open for a week here. You know, it's it's it just it doesn't make any sense not, not to pay attention to this. And and so we saw the first winter driving conditions this week. We, we saw I-90 close, not because of the amount of snow, but because... People weren't ready. Yeah. Mother Nature shifted gears on us really fast, fast. right? I, admittedly. We did not have a fall. We've gone straight no. to cold and snowy. And, and, you know, and I rolled an ATV down a freaking hill in Montana <laughs> because a quick, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here because I got, you know, I got bust myself. But the, a different deal. But rapidly changing road conditions put you in these bad positions. Yeah. And this time of year, you got to be prepared for that. You know, bring your car in. We'll get that pre-trip safety check done for you. We're going to check your tires. We're going to check your brakes. We're going to check your wiper blades. We're going to check your suspension. We're going to check everything that you need to be safe this wintertime, making sure you have good rubber on the road. Pick up a set of chains, traction devices while you're in, so you're ready to go when it happens. And when you find yourself in those conditions, you're prepared. You jump my next topic for sure. Um, being, you know, I, I, have, <laughs> I, spent, I spent 25 years in Seattle Fire. I am well, well acquainted with putting on P-Wag chains, <laughs> on big old dually fire trucks, ladder trucks, whatever, man. But if you don't have that level of experience, how do you teach somebody for the first time, do they want cable chains? Do they want regular link-type chains? I mean, how do you have them approach it, and what are the best steps to product familiarity so they know how to put these things on, and most importantly, when? Practice. 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 You can't wait to install your chains for the very first time when you're on the side of the road in three inches of snow on the side of the path. Yeah, sure. You know, come on into the store. We all have displays in our showrooms yep. where you can practice putting chains on in the warm, comfy confines of our waiting room. Yep. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, a bag of popcorn, and take as much time as you want. Yeah. Come on in and play. We've got them all on display. You can learn how to put them on. You can be familiar with it. Yeah. And then go home and make sure you put them on your own car. Make sure they fit nice. Make sure you're comfortable with it. Well, by getting them from you, they're going to fit. Yeah. I have a chain kit, okay? I I got a, a, a black lab that I dearly love, and she is just she's like uh, mandatory equipment in in the back seat of my truck, right? And so she's got a blanket. That blanket back there that doubles as my install blanket, okay? I mean, you throw it down in front of that tire, okay? So in that, and then I got a set of gloves, and then I got a flashlight that I can stand up, right? To me, those are three mandatory items, but also a block. 
that you can pull that rear tire up on so you can get those things tight because putting chains on is is no fun running chains that aren't properly tightened is a whole nother set of issues challenges and dangers for sure chains need to be tight you don't want them coming off you don't want them beating up your car breaking and being on the side of the road and then they're a hazard for somebody else so. i mean they'll they'll rip a brake line right off well, the inside of a tire well and so. you mentioned a light tom so if you go in and say yeah i have a subaru outback uh, and you buy, and I try. I try to have him not tell a lot of people that. You know? <laughs> I, I, I'd be, I'd, I'd be more comfortable in our relationship if he drove a Chevy four by four. But no, it's you know, so it's, it's okay. Okay, it's okay. enough of <laughs> enough of you. I, um, but I, I have chains. I went in and bought chains for it. Um, but say, say you have to pull over on Stevens Pass in the snow in the dark, and you don't have a light. Dude, good luck. Yeah, yeah, you're stuck because you're not going to get those chains on without a light, dude. You can or get you're going to be under there with your cell phone, trying can, to hold your just, cell phone. I'm telling you, just get one of those. Be prepared. Get one of those Dewalt rechargeable fluorescent things. The battery holds it straight up and down. Just well, leave it in your rig. Well, what seeing your kit you have made me kind of change my program. Dude. I, I have my chains. There's like a little compartment in the back of my Subaru. My chains. I have a light. I have a blanket. I have all the stuff I need if I do need to change a tire or put my chains on or whatever. You you got to be prepared. I got I have a flat kit too. And it's got that same DeWalt speed K impact gun wrench because if I have learned so much by running that triple axle 30 foot Duckworth around and and dude, I'm talking Thousands of miles, all right, down to Bowie 10, across the freaking state. The thing goes to Sitka every year, right? Not necessarily on the trailer, but you get my drift. And so if you're, if you're not prepared not only with, what you, with your rig, but also what you're towing, then you're not ready. It's a pretty simple calculus. If, you know, it, a, a, a math problem, you can get one part of it wrong, and it's still wrong, right? So, so I, got, I, have, I have blocks for that trailer, I, and I've got a jack, and I've got the right size wrenches, and I have a spare to my spare. And and all that, to, to me, is absolute key. It's, it's preparedness. And that's what you're going to get if you're rolling into Les Schwab. You're also going to get an opportunity with a fall tire sale. David McAllister of Kirkland Les Schwab, tell us about the uh, fall tire sale, buddy. Fall tire sale is going on hot and heavy in our stores right now through the middle of this month. We've got great savings on the stuff that... You need for winter. We've got our open range all terrains. We've got our backcountry AT2s. We've got tires for your passenger car with our road controls and our quad tracks and your high end sports cars. We've got something for everybody on sale. Those are vehicles without trailer hitches, right? Mm, Some of them don't have trailer hitches. Some of them do, right? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? The other cool thing you do, you guys have always been community minded. I I love going into Les Schwab because somebody's going to sprint out and take care of you and and do it fast and, and you get popcorn. You always got the popcorn. Tell us about the food drive. You know, it's one of the most fun things we do every year is our food drive. It's yeah. part of the culture of our company. For to sure. Give, to give back to the community. And so we're collecting food with our partners at Airmark, uh, you know, for people in need this time of year. With yeah. inflation, with the gas prices yeah. the way they are, there's more people in need now than there ever has been. So just bring some food into Les Schwab. We've got boxes in our showrooms. We'll get it over to the great folks at Food Lifeline, and they'll make sure it gets to people who need it. Awesome. All guests of the Outdoor Line Radio Program and studio guests are, are awarded a package of Upriver Bright Columbia River Smoke Chinook, okay? So I would run with that out to your rig and not tell anybody that you have it. 
Okay. All right. Definitely go home before you go to work, my friend. David, thank you so much, man. I look forward to having you on the boat this year, too, man. So let, let's go bend a rod and, and, and bring that obnoxious father of yours, too. You know? <laughs> all right. Thanks, I kind of owe him a fish or two. <laughs> uh, he, he had a great time. Like I said, he's talking about it all the time. You were a hoot. It was a, it was a ball. He had a blast. So. There's never a dull moment, dude. Never, never a dull, dull moment. moment. Uh, the, so if you want to talk to David today, you're at the you're at the Kirkland store. You've yep. been there for quite a while. I've been there for 12 years at the Kirkland store. I've been with Les Schwab for 30 years. And Give us a call. We will help you get winter prepared and swing on by, and we'll we'll make sure that your rubber on the road will get you safely to where you need to go for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Keeping you on the road rather than off the side of the road for 50 years. LesSchwab.com. David, thank you for your time, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, David. All right. Coming up next, a critically acclaimed Northwest Outdoor Report. Next, here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires, taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. New coalition supporting hunters and anglers comes into existence. Local, state, and national fishing and hunting organizations have banded together to form the WFWCP, or the Washington Fish and Wildlife Conservation Partnership, which describes itself as, quote, dedicated to protecting the state's hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage through science-based fish and wildlife management. The new group says its formation was motivated out of the cancellation of this year's spring bear hunt by Fish and Wildlife Commission and, quote, the need to have a formal ongoing coalition and work together to protect the state's outdoor heritage, including recent efforts by anti-hunting interests to undermine the North American model of wildlife conservation and the the American system of conservation funding, unquote. The current WDF commission, as appointed by Jay Inslee, has stated its agenda to move away from traditional consumptive scientific research-driven wildlife management. November has come in like a lion, bringing lowland downpours that have swollen rivers, dumping past closing mountain snows, dropping the bottom out of thermometers statewide, and bringing the first winter driving conditions of the season. The northern flights of waterfowl have now entered the the region, much to the delight of scattergunners statewide. The much-needed seasonal rains have resulted in ideal spawning conditions for a good run of Chinook and Coho. The National Weather Service has forecast a La Nina winter, which is cooler, wetter in general, and can result in a larger snowpack, all of which is exactly what the doctor ordered for rebounding salmon runs, and the upcoming Western Washington late buck hunt November 17th to the 20th. Marine Area 11's open as of November 1st. The Marine Area 11 winter Chinook salmon fisheries open with a total encounter limit of 1,100 on the water reports on that opener on Tuesday. Indicated a good shot of legal blackmouth were available. A Sunday through Wednesday weekly fishery schedule was agreed to by WDFW and the Puget Sound Rec Fish Advisors. It's it, the goal of which is to extend the season as long as possible. Winter Chinook salmon is scheduled to close December 31st. Marine Area 11 extends from the north tip of Vashon Island to the to the northernmost part of the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. WDFW fishery managers are inviting the public to join them November 10th and 28th for two virtual town halls to gather feedback on fishery options prior to setting regulations for the 2022-2023 coastal steelhead season. These meetings are the last in a three-part series. This follows the 2021 restrictions to coastal steelhead fishing with the anticipation of the lowest return ever recorded in some rivers, escapement goals, or the targeted number of returning fish that were able to spawn naturally were not met in five out of seven coastal rivers last year. For more information about the November 10th and 28th virtual town hall or other opportunities to provide feedback, 
please visit the WDFW's Coastal Steelhead webpage. WDFW is also accepting public comments online. Next Saturday, it's the annual Everett Salmon and Steelhead Club River Fishing Clinic. Join pro guides Doug St. Denis and Jimmy Stahl on Saturday, November 12th, 9 to noon at Flora Hall in Everett for the annual Fall River Fishing Clinic. These two guides will share everything you need to know about successfully fishing our local streams. This event's free, open to the public, and features a river, river tackle raffle that benefits the Everett Salmon and Steelhead Club, which is a nonprofit that raises fish and sponsors youth fishing programs. For more information to RSVP, call Stevie Strong, 425 425- 308-1203. That's next Saturday, November 12th, 9 to noon at Floral Hall. That's 802 Muckleteal Boulevard or call 425-308-1203. Put down that clam gun. <laughs> <laughs> Razor, clam, Razor clam seasons on coastal beaches are postponed effective immediately until further notice and includes digs from Sunday, November 6th through Sunday, November 13th. Test results on razor clams indicate domoic acid levels are trending upward on most beaches and have exceeded health guidelines for safe consumption set by Washington Department of Health officials. Apparently, recent storms appear to have resulted in a rapid increase in razor clam toxin levels, which requires immediately immediate closures to these affected beaches. Domoic acid is a natural toxin produced by certain types of marine algae, can be harmful or fatal if consumed in sufficient quantities. For more information, go to the WDFW Razor Clam page or WDFW uh, website. WDFW shellfish staff will continue to regularly test uh, samples of razor clams and monitor the situation. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at LesSchwab.com. So we got an extension on the Snohomish Sky and the Snoqualmie. So we got another week. This could be a doggone good week. I mean, we got the river levels came up. That's going to suck every last fish out of, the, out of the estuary. Yep. I mean, this is, uh, you, if you want them chrome, you're, you're probably a little you're late. You're a little late, yeah. But if you don't mind a little rust on them, I, I mean, this is going to suck them in, dude. So go check that out. That's that's open for uh, another week. All three of those tribs. South Sound, including Car Inlet, Chum Retention Opens. That's a good opportunity. The Hood Canal Drill, okay? Mm-hmm. Dude. Mr. Reardon, Kelly Reardon, we should get a hold of him, right? Uh, Kennedy Crick uh, opens for Chum Salmon. That's a hanging anchovy under a float drill. Yeah, definitely. Would you know? That's, so that's, if, a, if, that's a Damon Hewitt drill. I was just going to say, if you see a quarterback <laughs> st- standing on the shores of Hood Canal, it's Brock's big brother. Okay, <laughs> it's it's Damon Hewitt. Uh, so we're actually standing out in the parking lot with here trying to you know rigging up herring in, in the in the parking lot, showing him how yeah, to do if, it. Yeah, if you see people rigging up, you know. If you see r- r- gear being rigged in the parking lot out here in this in the studio, it, it's it, probably us. It, it's probably us. And today is the much awaited, and the weather hit right on time. The Western Washington elk firearm opener. Yeah, perfect. Dude. Oh, poor dudes. <laughs> I've seen this movie, dude, over and so over. many times. It's like okay, if you had them spotted, okay, because the only way to do it is get up way high on a landing and bet them down. Mm-hmm. Right, glass, glass, glass. There they are. Study your onyx. Find a map to where they are and get there. And then last night, the meteorological bomb hits and changes freaking everything. everything. Yeah, completely different. 
I would not. It's brutal. I would not want to be out there oh, um, after that storm we had. Those, why, why do you think I got my shoulder fixed last night so I don't yeah. have to go? I don't have to go elk hunting. Sure. <laughs> I got a, I got a note from my doctor. I'll tell you. I don't what, have to go. I'll tell you what guys should be excited about is is that late blacktail hunt. Oh November yeah, 17th baby. Through the twentieth oh, yeah. because. I think a lot of blacktail oh. on the west side are going to hit the dirt. They're going to get it right in the shorts. You may they may not be shot by from ten feet like like you did yours, mm-hmm. right? But they could go down. Now the the concerning thing, one of the concerning things, obviously is 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 the consensus I heard from the church this year. Jason Brooks unexpectedly has returned from the river of no return, right? And uh, man, he told me a story about a lot of dog poop in the church. Your cousin told me wolf poop in the church. Mm-hmm. Our friend Jerry Spees, same thing, man. It, it's concerning. My, my it, cousin almost got his second wolf. Really? Yeah, he had him dead at about two hundred yards, and he, you know, he'd been there for fifteen days, so his gun had gotten wet. Oh, and fifteen days hunting every day. Yeah, and That's... something froze up in there. Oh man! And he. Pulled the trigger on that wolf, uh, and the firing pin. He sent me a picture of the wow the, the yeah, bullet. Yeah, it just like yeah, not enough. Tapped yeah, it yeah. And it short, didn't go off. Short strike, or he would have had his second yeah. wolf. That is, um, that's one of the reasons I love the Browning X bolt because mm-hmm. it's a completely enclosed bolt mechanisms. So, you know, and and you know, our friend Bucket, if you're listening, dude, you got to get rid of that old military action gun because it froze up on him a couple years ago. We were back in Montana, snowing like heck. And and I've seen that happen. It's it's more of a thing with those old military ninety degree bolt actions. Now I don't know what your cousin has. I doubt that it's that. No. But dude, I'm telling you, you, you cannot oil that bolt enough. But you know what? That's a great question for our next guest, Carmel Macchiato. Jason Brooks is probably the most prolific outdoor writer that we have. He's he's absolutely the outdoor lines Eastern Washington correspondent. And he's next here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse. Brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the wheelhouse here on 710 Sports, the Outdoor Line. It's been a long show. It's time to put up our feet and let a real Relax. professional. He's returned from the river of no return wilderness. He took a plane in. He did 15 miles a day, tremendous elevation loss and gain, and he's Jason Carmi, Carmel Macchiato Brooks. Jason Brooks. Morning, Jason. Good, good morning, guys. Good morning. To clarify, my buddies Jeff and Rich did 15 miles oh. a day. I did a little less than that. Okay, good. I, I, I oh. was getting daily reports. Okay. Like, yeah, that wasn't worth it. I- <laughs> well, I tell you what, man. Smarter, not harder, dude. Every single one of these pitchers has like forty-five degree inclines, right? Yeah, that's that's about forty. Oh, yeah. That's about forty-four degrees more than than I would want to handle this morning. But so so, tell us about this: the Frank Church River of No Return Wilderness. Something that you've been doing every year. You got to fly in. You get in on this strip, and 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 then what happens? Kind of explain the, this drill to us a little bit, Jason. Brooks. It is an adventure of a lifetime. For the listeners out there who ever thought about going out there and doing an Alaskan bush claim, you know, thing, and they can't, they can't either afford it or logistically can't do it, can't take the time. You can do it right here in the lower 48 for deer and elk. Um, right here down in Idaho, you can jump on a bush plane, fly into the Frank Church. In 1980, when the Frank Church was designated as a wilderness area, 
they actually had grandfathered in several different parcels that were either state land or private lands. They allow private ranches back there, homesteads, original homesteads, actual homesteads. You'll be hiking along, all of a sudden there'll be a trapper's cabin. It's a real trapper's cabin from the 1880s to the early 1920s. Um, and so you can fly in to these, these either private airstrips or the state airstrips that are back there and have an adventure. And the best thing about it is, is it's, it's something you can plan and do and go do it next year or the year after, depending on, of course, being from out of state, the Idaho Fishing Games tag system. It totally changed, so make sure you do some research there. But this is also where they first reintroduced the, quote, gray wolf, yeah. you know, where they were uh-huh. really from. Yeah. Um, in fact, the airstrip that I could fly into was the very first place they ever put them, and that was in 1995. I've been going into this area since 1991. So I hunted at pre-wolf, then the introduction when they were first starting to take off, and now, 31 years later, what it's like to hunt in there with an explosion, a massive wolf overtake, so just overrun <laughs> with, with the wolves. And so I've got a little bit of history there on what it used to be like, then what turned into, and now where it's at today. And it's 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 sad is where it's at. That that's the word I can use. It's sad. Well, the uh, the first time I heard about the Frank Church, um, obviously you know, uh, hunted with with your family um, here in Washington. Yep. We kind of uh, you know scrambled around the same ground and bumped into each other, and and I heard about it from your father. Um, and he was like, wow, yeah. you, you know, my cousin Ryan and I bump into him and he's like, man, you, you guys should, uh, you guys should go do this. It's, you know, some of the most amazing elk hunting and, and mule deer hunting in the world. Um, so I, I, I'd, I'd heard the stories about what it was like, but tell us a little bit about how it's changed over the years. So when we first started going in back in the the early nineties, my dad was going in the late eighties, um, it was nothing to land and have 20 or 30 or 40 camps on the runway. So people nowadays see these 10, 15 camps, and they complain about too many people. Wow. Back then, you had all these camps. You think, oh, wow. So, but 90% of those hunters would hunt within a mile or two of the runway because it was so steep, but also because of plentiful game. You'd go out, and, and no joke, you would see 15 to 20 bucks a day, 100 wow. to 150 deer a day. Now, we're not talking big monster bucks, okay? We're talking sure. bucks. We're talking two points, three points, you know, and everybody we call those two to four points. Motivational bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You see them like, goo Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, you get you get the, the, the trigger finger starts getting really itchy by day three or four. <laughs> it does, you know? yeah. you can't, <laughs> um, but, you know, but then, then every once in a while you see a guy would come into camp and, and they would have a really nice 160 to 180-inch mule deer, you know, a really true mature buck. Um, and then you're like, wow, there are some big bucks here. And mostly that was still weather-dependent back then and rut-dependent and pushed <laughs> from the, the back country, you know, from way back. But then the introduction of wolves came in in 1995. And I remember uh, vividly in 2001, so six years after the induction of wolves, I was up on this mountain. I was coming down this ridge line into a, a creek drain. So this creek drain is massive, okay? And a, straight across from me is the other drain. We're getting time. every other word here, Jason. Can you get a little, uh, you know, stick your yeah, head out, stick your head out the window better? again? That's better. Yeah, go. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. So, so to back up a little bit, so in, in, in 2001, I was up on the mountain. Coming down a ridge and across the drainage from me was a pack of wolves. And I couldn't see them, but they were in the timber. And I got to hear them howl wow. and what they were doing and how they were working and communicating. So that was my first, like, oh, wow, there's, you know, these, they're really in here. This is where they're at. I got excited thinking, this is awesome. Now, when you go in there, it's a nightly chorus. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you go up certain drainages, you get up early, you get two hours before the sunrise, you can get up into the basin you want to get to, and you're serenaded all morning long with wolves. Um, it's, just, it's, it's crazy. So here's the one thing that hunters kind of forget about when they talk about wolves. It's not just the wolves eating the animals, you know, taking down the numbers. I can deal with that right. because right. at least, at least, you know, it was a game management thing. But you know, you get too many wolves, and you get extra tags, and you get, I think you're about 15 now in Idaho, plus 15 trapping year-round season. It's the animal behavior yes. that hunters don't adjust to. Yep. Um, I was chasing a herd of elk this year in, in the Frank Church. So there's nine cows in the Raghorn Bull up over a 6,000-foot peak from 4,400 feet down the, the river bottom. And I, it took me four hours to get up, so I'm going slow, trying to get up on this this group of elk. They're feeding their way up. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to bed on this backside. This knob where it's nice and snowy because it's it's warm in there, but it snowed the, the night before. You know, and elk are, are need to stay cold. 545 yards, as close as I got to them. I'm kind of skirting in the timber, in and out, weaving in and out of the timber, not realizing and forgetting that's exactly what the wolves do. Wow. These elk were gone. They wow. looked at me and were like, wow. I don't know what that is, but it's sneaking through the trees. That's what wolves do. We're out of here. It's not just the change so, in behavior, though, but the reason our forefathers extirpated these these doggone critters is that they kill for fun and don't utilize the animal. They, oh, absolutely. they perform stuff that we, you and I, would be cited for, and that's wildlife wastage. They kill. They don't eat the critter. They just go kill another one. Well, and here's here's the thing about that. So two years ago, we were in there, and we were up in another drainage, and my buddy actually killed a wolf. And to have him tell the story, I wasn't with him, so I'll have to replay the story here, third party. He's hiking up a ridge, and he sees three deer down the bottom of draw, and they're staring intently on the opposite side. So he looks over, and here's a wolf just sitting on its haunches, 300 yards away, just sitting there watching him walk up this ridge. And so he starts yelling, trying to get the wolf to run off. It was a doe and uh, two fawns that were down there. And he said he started throwing rocks. And he could have caused a commotion thinking this wolf would be scared of him. Wolf could care less. But the deer, one of the deer looked up at my buddy Rich instead of looking at the wolf. And as soon as that deer's attention was off that wolf, it took off like a shot. Ran right down towards the deer. All it was waiting for was opportunity. So he shoots. He actually gets the wolf. Take it to biologist. And the biologist said, was there any timber in the area? And he goes, yeah, right on the left-hand side where the deer were, just you know, from the opening, was a bunch of timber. And the biologist was like, there was a pack of wolves in there. What mm-hmm. they were doing was they put a decoy out, and the deer intent staring the decoy wolf, like, oh, no, there's a wolf. What do we do? And the other pack members were actually circling the deer. So when they took off running, they, one of them would run by a wolf, and they'd be able to grab it and, and bite its hawk. What they do is they bite the hawks, lame, get the deer to go lame. And then, yeah, you're right. They, they either play with it they, they like a cat with a mouse. They, they eat what they want, and then they move on to the next one. Well, and the, problem, for them. and the problem is, you know, that area, the where we're hunting back there in the Frank, you know, that's you're hunting those deer a lot of the time. You're hunting in their they're migrating into their winter range, and you know we're all out of there and gone in December and January, right? And those yep. deer are down there wintering out, and those wolves just pick on them and pick on them and pick on them, and they can wipe out a whole wintering herd of mule deer really easily. Yep. And certain drainages too. See, that's the thing is these wolves being territorial and packs, 
where you go in one year, you might have a bunch of deer. Next year, you have very few. And you're like, what happened? But then you talk to the guys at a different airstrip. Oh, the hunting was phenomenal. Yeah. Well, yep. these packs will do their, their rotations around, and they went in these pockets where these deer were. And like you said, uh, Joe, it's, it's they'll, they'll, they'll prey on them until there's either no deer for them to prey on. They all move out, push out, whatever. Or they decide to move on and check the rest of their territory. So they're attacking these pockets as they go along. Um, what was really interesting this year was, was of course, the weather. We get there, and three days before we land, it was 78 degrees during the daytime, in the 20s at night. Jeez. So that means the animals have their winter coats on. But in order to stay cool, they were up at 7,000 feet. And you would find pockets of, again, these pockets here, almost like they're wintered up already, but it just happened to be because they need to stay, stay cold, 20, 30 does in a, in a draw. Well, what's that do for the wolves? All they got to do, and I, I, you guys talk about how steep this country is, all they got to do is surround that draw, and mm-hmm. it's like a, they're boxed in. There's nothing for them, for them to go. And they were so skittish. I've never seen yeah, animals crazy, dude. so yeah. skittish. Pre-rut mule deer, who normally the bucks don't care about you at all, yeah. they were freaking out. You know, and this, this is what happens when you manage wildlife populations by ideology rather than biology. The, these are the conditions and the situations. Yep. Jason, we we've got to we we got to bounce, dude. But but I thank you yep. for joining us this morning, and and I appreciate you bringing this to our attention because again, and this is, doesn't doesn't just come from you, it comes from Ryan Lampers, comes from Jerry's Peace, comes from several other people that have the same exact exact experience in that in that portion of Idaho, and and it just it breaks my heart, man, and it should not be happening for sure. So, Jason, I, I agree. 100%, what do you, so give me uh, give me give me thirty seconds of what do you, what do you got coming out in print? Oh, man, I've got – so I'm actually working on it. you love this one, Ellie. A smoked salmon piece coming out in Salmon Steelhead Journal. I'm actually smoking the fish this weekend to get the photos going for the, for the article. So I'm following your lead. I'm going to look up on my poker for <laughs> at least 12 hours, 24, before they get the pellicle for There you go. I'm stealing your, stealing your process. Okay. Okay. <laughs> A bunch Let, of other stuff going on. All right. And, and then uh, we're actually having AK Moosey next week in studio for the whole cold smoke deal. It takes a week. Oh, definitely listening to that one. I gave Joey Pyburn some, and he was already dripping saliva on the package before he even got it open. <laughs> uh, it looks so good. <laughs> All right, Jason, thanks, buddy. We're going to have you back on to kind of finish this because this is a topic that, that deserves a deeper dive. And also, you can tune in to the Nightly Nugecast. I'm doing Ted Nugent's podcast on Friday. Excuse me, on, on, on Monday night. Nice. So, yeah, so check check that out, too. Buddy, thank you. Appreciate Jason Brooks, Carmel Macchiato. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Later, Jason. Take care, guys. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, the hottest report we heard all week in the techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson RVs. Really? Where? And it's next here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and that Seattle Sports app. No way. you got to be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back. The island of Tinian and the lady. Where'd you get him, man? No way. you, you got to tell me. I, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. Ocean Journey Red. Hey, man, can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a life jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? It's time to step up to the number one RV dealer in the Northwest. Roy Robinson's all-new RV center is Smoky Point, the number one Winnebago dealer in the Northwest. There you're going to find a complete lineup of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth rulers, toilers, pop-ups, campers, and so much more, including the new interactive RV shopping tool, How Much Can I Tow? Great thing to know before you go. Roy Robinson RV, RoyRobinsonRV.com. Looking at the sky, Comish and it's <laughs> dropping, dude, like a rock. It is, dude. Um, it's so cool. It's going to fish tomorrow. Oh, and think about, you got to think about that thing was so low yeah. with this big flush. All mm-hmm. those fish that were sitting down low are, are pushing up. 
Uh, so, man, some, some really good fishing opportunities around. Don't forget about winter crab. If, the, if we get a break in the weather, uh, the crabbing has been phenomenal. There's nobody out there doing it. Um, if, nothing better than, than getting some winter crab. Just, you know, I absolutely love it. But, he, but here's the thing. Um, Puget Sound is awash in drift right now. I mean, this is the first flush, really. And I'm talking logs, everything from leaves to logs, dude. Just be, care- be, just very be careful, careful. But listen, be you, very you can careful. put out there. I, I you know, can. guys, our, our buddy John Titus is, yep. is motoring out right now to go drop his pots. <laughs> okay, he hey, just sent me a text. Watch a lower unit, Titus. Yeah. Come on, dude. You're um, he, He's big enough to lift a redwood out of the but, back of his boat. But listen, this is waterfowl season. It this is. is. This is when it we is. shoot ducks and gooses. So, so and we saw this the weather- hunting has been incredible saw this weather coming and joey texted me go dude they just hit ferndale so these are the first like flights of northerns to come in i mean they're ahead of this front and and we're just seeing tons of greenheads yeah. up there i mean oh, just man. big yeah. waves of greenheads and the cool thing is right now you can go up uh, the skagit valley is full of them we're starting to yep. see more birds down here in the in snohomish area um but you know what do you want there's cacklers there's honkers there's snows and then all these mallards mixed in and it it wasn't like that two weeks ago there were tons of snows but there weren't a lot of ducks around and and unbelievable nesting conditions this this fall that you know correct me if i'm wrong but the du forecast is like is that a 20 year high or something like that for the pacific flyway i mean it's it's big oh and and we're i mean it's we're seeing it there's just so many critters out there so um you know Lot, still a lot of options to get out and do stuff, you yeah, know? For sure, dude. And 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 that late buck, that's going to be interesting, you know, in, in a couple weeks here, too, because this wind, and, I mean, it was profound, right? It ripped off so many leaves that it's going to increase your visibility in the woods when you go sneaking through there yes. for, your, uh, for your Thanksgiving buck. But, you know, that and, and one of the things we haven't really talked about is, is, is that South Sound, Marine Area Eleven Chinook Fishery that Bob Buchanan just spit his coffee all over the all over his monitor. Yeah, Listen like, to this right don't. now. Shut up, shh. You know, but but the thing of it is, you and I love jigging for Chinook. I mean, everyone you know loves jigging, but it's it's kind of a terminal area deal, right? To me, I, I just where fish are kind of by geography or where they're at in 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 their life history. It, there's there's times to target them, right? Like, you're not going to be, you know, off of Nia Bay trying to freaking jig rapidly rocking, you know, Chinook. You're just yeah. not. But in the South Sound where they're milling around and they're on bait and stuff like that, and it's not that big of an area. It's constrained, you know, quite a bit geographically. You know, you can, you can, you're going to jig these suckers, right? And, and Bob is just a master at it. You know, he makes his own jigs. He's got his own Puget Pounder jig rods, which we're going to see coming out too. But man, to be on one of those jigs when one of those Chinook climbs on top of it. And I've heard fish to 17 pounds, dude. Clippers. Can you imagine a 17 pound? Hmm. Oh, dude. So much fun. I may I may have to reach out to Bubba and, and get there, down there. Dude, there's no way. You didn't fish in October, okay? I did. <laughs> Did, I went to I, I went to the fishing. No, I, no, I didn't. You did not fish in October. No, I I did. No, you didn't. Did I went over and fished with Austin in September? Was that September? Oh, no, it was October. Okay, I stand corrected. Okay, yeah, you went off the tail end because he fished to like the fifteenth. Yeah. All right. So you haven't fished since hunting season opened up, though. No. So, all right. I don't. I don't it's hunt, I mean, it's I don't blame. I don't blame, but, but, I don't blame you one bit. Boy, 
Oh, nice fresh Chinook sounds oh, pretty dude, good right now. So in right now. Hmm. So in. Stay safe out there, gang. There's trees down all over the roads right now. There's good power lines just, down. Good day to just hunker, hunker down at hunker. home. Today's a good hunker, right? Hunker. <laughs> it's a good hunker. Yeah. It's a good, I like that word. It's a good, I, I love hunker. I do, too. I, love, I love a to hunker great down. Yeah, hunker season. There's no question about it. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this thought, gang. In 2019, Jay Inslee became the only man in the history of our nation to outlaw hunting and fishing. Full stop fact. Look it up, okay? His Wildlife Commission appointees are in the process of changing WDFW policy to this ideology over biology. Vote as if your fishing and hunting is at stake, because it is. Get out there and vote on Tuesday if you haven't already. You missed any of the show, jump on MyNorthwest.com. I'll get that Apple podcast app. Uh, you know, Get it off the OutdoorLine.com. Matt will have that up here pretty soon. For Matt Nelson, behind the glass for Joey Pyburn, uh, go give Rob Enzi a follow on, on Instagram if you haven't he'll, already. He'll he's, be back eventually. So he will be probably next week, no question about Stinking it. Stinking like a bull elk. Give, <laughs> I, okay. Now, he didn't give us any coo, any uh, caribou steaks, but I'll, I'd take a couple elk back yeah. There's no question about it. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, give us a follow on the Outdoor Line Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We'll see you next week right here. Seattle Sports 710's The Outdoor Line. Download that Seattle Sports app.